Welcome to Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who, the Sarah Jane Adventures, and of course, unfortunately, Torchwood. My name is David, and as always, I am joined by the unfortunate Matt. Hello there. So, David, Matt. David, um, you, you don't know how yeah. right it is Hello. to say unfortunate. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, we, we've mentioned it on pod. Um, I, I'm moving away in about three weeks. You are indeed. As a result of that, I'm sort of clearing my flat and getting rid of things and selling bits and passing bits on. And my mum's been helping me with that. Mm -hmm. Um, I've come home today, David. There's no chairs. I'm sat on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's a a little bit early in proceedings to be going fully chairless. Yeah. Yeah, what's worse is she got rid of my fridge as well. <laughs> so in my living room currently, I've got an inflatable bed as a sofa. Uh, I'm sat at my desk, uh-huh. but I'm sat on the floor. Um, no dining room table or chairs anymore. Literally con- yeah. contemplated sitting on the toilet and resting my laptop in the sink. <laughs> oh man, it kind of reminds me of... Um, there was a period when I, I just finished uh i just finished my degree and my partner who was a year behind me in terms of um her studies was just in the final year of her degree so i went to live with her for a year um and we were in this we, we it, part, the second worst place i've ever lived in my life it was a horrible flat um in a crumbling old house um in gloucester the guy that rented the uh the ground floor flat below us was uh, a drug dealer (laughs) um and there were like literal holes in in the floor so we could just see down into his flat um it was um yeah, and we couldn't afford any furniture, uh, so we we had a period where we were sleeping on a mattress on the floor. We had one chair between the two of us. We had one, we had one of those, um, you know, those like compact TV and VHS yeah. combo things we had that we couldn't figure out how to hook it up to to receive actual tv so we were reliant on whatever we could find on vhs at the charity shop uh we managed to get like five seasons worth of buffy that was that was that kept us going for a good while um and uh and we didn't and we also didn't have a fridge We, we in the end we managed to get like um one of those, you know, those like mini fridges that can hold like four cans of beer. Yeah. We had like one of those that we, which we'd managed to squeeze like a two pinter of milk and a small block of cheese in. Yeah. Well, today and, I uh, also didn't realise she'd cleared <laughs> out my uh, kitchen. So today, because yeah. I didn't have any plates, ate my tea out of a frying pan. <laughs> nice. Just, That's a living, that is. Yeah, I didn't cook it in the frying pan. Literally served it into the yep. pan and used it. <laughs> yeah, well, you you got to do what you got to do, eh? Yeah. Uh, so, how's your week been? 
Um, it's been alright. Well, it's been. I'm trying to think what I've been up to since we last spoke. Not a lot exciting at the moment. I've got to be honest. There's just there's not a lot. There's the main thing that's happening in my life is the big thing that I don't want to talk about because I'm being weirdly superstitious about it. Uh-huh. Um, I'm hoping that by the time we next record, Matt, I might feel um, that we're at a point where I can talk about it, but uh, not there yet, unfortunately. So uh, other than that, I I just don't. Just work. Yeah. <laughs> just work and parenting, which is, you know, delightful. But let's not be around the bush. Also, just a different form of work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I would uh, say the highlight of the last two weeks since we last recorded um, was mm. when I went round to see our mutual friend, Little Zorbs, and yeah. he introduced us yeah. like we'd never met. He was like, hello, this is my father, David. And he, <laughs> he made a bit of a point of introducing me to everyone. Like, it, it was lovely. Yeah, yeah, he likes to do that. He, it, it, It's it's cute when we're actually, like, meeting someone. It's a little more awkward when he's just doing it to people we're passing in the supermarket. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, he literally any any adult that he sees, he'll uh, he'll want to do formal introductions. Yeah. Like I say, I I, I, I could, think he's I think he I, assumes that all adults know each other. Yeah, like I I'd come I into know. the house, you were upstairs, uh, your partner and little yeah. Zobs were downstairs, and just when you entered, he just went, "Oh hello, uh, Matt, this is this is my dad, David," uh, and obviously insisted that we shook hands and introduced ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. What a fantastic yeah. young man he's turned out to be. Yeah, he's pretty great, not going to lie. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. But also, uh, since we last recorded, I've left my job. Yeah, oh, it's official now. Yeah. Done. I'm done. I'm out. So, uh, I've d- had. That must feel like such a weight off. I've had three leaving dues and cried in front of everyone at work when I was trying to do a speech. Oh, bless you. Yeah. Well, I mean, congrats. I mean, if anyone deserves three leaving dues, it's you, Matt. Yeah. I think they really needed to make sure I'd finally gone. (laughs) In fact, for one of my leaving dues, we went paddleboarding. Let me tell you this. It's impossible. Everyone I went with, absolute naturals, <laughs> stood up on the board, going away. I just couldn't do it. Yeah. I had to stick on my hands and knees for most of it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I'd probably struggle with uh, something like that as well. And it was raining, uh, and I wasn't think... allowed to wear my glasses in case they fell off in the lake. So at yeah. one point, I was like, what is that? What is going on? It was just a swan, mm-hmm. but it was dangerously close yeah. to me. Yeah, I, the closest I ever got to something like that was probably um, the one time I went kayaking at a Christian summer youth camp. Oh, wow. Uh, which was uh, every bit as joyous as it sounds. Do you know what? Interestingly, I was one of the few people... I, I, I was just going to say, I, I was one of the few people that didn't fall in to the river and uh, end up with some sort of horrible vomiting bug as a result. <laughs> 
Yeah. That was an interesting evening. Me and my brothers used <laughs> yeah, to go to about. like Christian summer camp because it was like free childcare for yeah. my mum. So yeah. we didn't have a lot of money growing up. So any opportunity, she just mm. chucked us to the church. Yeah, fair dues. Uh, bear with me one moment. I'm just going to open the door for the dog. Oh, is he back from work? I'm back. Oh. I, I, I should have said at the beginning, David... Uh, this, yeah. We need to dedicate this episode to one of our new listeners. All right. Why, why don't you I say? I, I assumed we'd stopped acquiring them at this point. Yeah, me too. But we've had like our first follower on Twitter for like forever. So why don't you say hello to Claire? Oh, wow. Hello, Claire. Yeah, Claire was saying she was. I think she's had like she's recently acquired a child. Um. So has, uh-huh. has been listening like overdrive it's too much wow imagine if your job was to listen to us eight hours a day do you think you'd get through it (laughs) oh uh, i don't know if i was allowed to like i don't know do a jigsaw puzzle or something whilst it was happening i might just about but uh otherwise no it'd be pretty pretty arduous yeah not gonna lie yeah right i would say especially especially the early years and sort of the the sort of early mid years, and then the sort of the the later period as well. I, I don't know. There's a sweet spot, I think, of about three months where we were really firing on all cylinders. See, I I, I divide. There's different ages of our <laughs> podcast. There was the first age yeah. where we recorded in person. Then mm-hmm. there was the second age, which was lockdown. And then there was like yeah. lockdown two point five, where I think we really hit our stride, and like yeah. everything was great, and the show was never better. Then there was the like Chibnall era, and then post Doctor Who era, and now there's going to be this new era where I've moved abroad. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's fascinating, really. Yeah. It's um, it. It's it's weird to think that you can sort of chart your life through through a podcast. But then, having said that, for since about 2005, I've basically been able to... One of the ways in which I recall certain memories and like where I was at certain p- periods of time, it's like, oh, that was around the time that series of Doctor Who was airing, so I would have been living over there. And, you know, yeah. It almost acts as a form of punctuation to my life. Just um, think, it's nearly our yeah. fifth birthday as a pod. Oh, yeah. We're only two what, months I'm, from our I'm, fifth birthday. Well, well, I'll maybe try and do something nice for that. Uh, I.e. not watch any more Torchwood. I was going to say, Matt, uh, we, we should probably mention that we're doing the last three episodes of Series 2 of Torchwood this week. We're just getting them over and done with. Yeah. Um, in a fairly unceremonious fashion. Good news, though, Matt. We don't have to watch any more Torchwood all year. Yeah, this is the furthest point from any more Torchwood, <laughs> having just finished Torchwood. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it. We've got to if so. If you're a Torchwood fan, listener, uh, you've got to wait on for us to get to series three. We will do it, but not until next year. At this point, oh David, that's when it gets good. On. 
Well, I don't know. They they killed off my favourite character this week, so I I, I'm I'm Her still questioning tosh. that. But <laughs> right, um, I think we've probably better uh, hit hit up the regular features fairly quickly because we do have a lot of torchwood to talk about, even if we don't want to. Right. So where do you want to start, Matt? Where are we going? Meal of the week? Oh, that's beside the point. Um, I've I've got a bit of a ramble for that's beside the point, so it, it depends whether or not you want to get that out of the way early or not. Ah, uh, yeah, let's do it. Because I, I left my job okay. this week, David, people have gifted me so much alcohol, so I am sat on my bedroom <laughs> floor drinking beers, so take as long as you want. It's like All I'm right, 16 okay. again. I'll try and keep this brief, but basically, um, I, you know, I've with with the the stressful thing that shall not be named, I've been having some you know fairly anxious times of late, and I've one of the my coping mechanisms <laughs> appears to have been to get really big into the American jam band scene. Now, I don't know how much you're kind of aware of this, Matt, because it's like most of these bands, they don't tour over here in the in Europe. Um, the one that the, the two that you'll you'll be familiar with by name, at least, is the ones that kind of kickstarted it all, which, which is the Grateful Dead. And um, in more recent times, uh, the band Fish. Um and, you know, the whole deal with these bands is is that they'll play these kind of epic length shows. They won't play the songs the same way every night. They'll and so there's like this very um, quite nerdy sort of like uh, show taping and trading subculture. And like people will just follow these bands all over America. Um yeah, and I've been getting really into them. Not so much Grateful Dead and Fish, but um, bands like uh, the String Cheese Incident um, and uh, who was I listening to the other day? Uh, Pigeons Playing Ping Pong. That's not real. Is either the, <laughs> it's either the best or worst band name ever. Um, so what is straight up one of the worst band names I've ever heard, but is, it is my actual pick for... Um, uh, that's besides the point, and that's uh, Spafford. Um, and in particular, I'm going to recommend um, a live jam that they did with, I believe, no studio audience. Just like like they were just recording out in some cabin in the woods somewhere, and it's simply dubbed Cabin Jam Two. You can find it on SoundCloud. Um, it's brilliant. Just an hour long of almost entirely improvised music, and it's great. And I have been listening to it a lot over the last few uh, days. So there you go. That's my pick. Uh, Spafford, Cabin Jam 2. What about you, Matt? Um, I, I don't know. I've got, I've got quite a lot of options. Tomorrow I'm going to a gig. I'm going to go see a band called We Are Scientists. They're playing in York. Um, I've liked most of their I, stuff. I am f- I'm, I'm familiar with the name. But uh, they always make me think of a much more obscure uh, Glaswegian uh, post-punk band that I really like called um, We Are The Physics, who I think got there first, but were much less famous. So, uh, <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. So whenever I tell anyone that I like We Are The Physics, they're like, oh, you mean We Are Scientists? No, no, I do not. Different band. Uh, anyway, I, yeah. No. I thought you were going to talk about the cartoon I Am Weasel and I Are Baboon. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I've been listening to quite a lot this week. I'll tell you what, David. Pick a number between one and six. Uh, three. Three. Okay. So I've got my iTunes up. And basically, I've been listening to sort of six different things on circulation. Uh, and number three is one of those bands where I think I'm the only ever person that's heard of them. Like... Right, okay. I really like them. I got quite into them. I like their album. No one else has ever heard of them. So it's a band called Los Campesinos. Hmm. No, I don't think I have heard uh, of them. No. Well, well, that translates to What's the their Farmers. Deal? And uh, in fact, I'm going to go with the song Death to Los Campesinos. I, I just really like it. I think they're from like Wales or somewhere. Um, they... They like released quite a few songs when I was at uni, and then I think they just split up. They never really made it, but I quite like them. How how, how would you pigeon them? Pigeonhole them? Just sort of like fairly typical sort of. You you know uh, you know twenty-first century indie. You know that weird moment in time where like Franz Ferdinand and Kaiser Chiefs were like the big bands in Britain. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, they're like yeah, them, but actually quite revival. good. Yeah. Like, I hate Kaiser yeah. Chiefs. Um, but... They're, they're... I, yeah, I, I think... I, I, I struggle with Kaiser Chiefs. I will defend Franz Ferdinand's first album as being a genuinely quite good example of sort of a contemporary take on post-punk. I just like that song, Come and Dance With Me, Michael. That's a good song. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to go for I've Lost Cantatina. a long time. Awesome. Cool. Um, so then, Matt, uh, should we talk about what we've been eating? Oh, David, will I, I ever? Yes. Uh, yeah, I've got to keep this brief because I, I, I've, I've had a bit of a sneak preview with some of your recent Facebook posts. Oh, yeah. You, you've been a busy boy. Oh, David, <laughs> I have eaten some food this week, let me tell you. <laughs> So I'm going to keep this very brief. Um, uh, probably total recency bias, but I, I, again, my 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 eating's not been terribly exciting recently. Um, but uh, this evening, uh, me and little Zorbs uh, sat down together because I'm I'm I've been on solo parenting duty this evening. My partner's doing a late shift, so um, we had ourselves uh, a uh, potato waffle. Some beans, peas, and sweet corn, and the pièce de résistance, a uh, battered vegetarian sausage from Aldi. Oh, I thought you were going to say Aldi dippy Aldi... egg. Every time I see that boy, he's eating dippy egg. <laughs> and oddly, he's he always got birthday egg. cake. It's never anyone's birthday. <laughs> uh, he's got a recipe card on his. Um, he's got a, like a little sort of audio player thing called a Yoto um, and he's got a recipe card for birthday cake on it and it's his favourite card to do. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. So um, that's why. Um, but anyway, yeah, Aldi do genuinely great 
vegetarian battered sausages. And as someone who used to be partial to a battered sausage back in the day before they turned veggie in their um, early teens, it's been a, a joyous rediscovery to, to be able to, to, to reconnect with the joys of a battered sausage. Same. So, uh, Iceland yeah. sell Harry Ramsden battered sausages that you just stick in the air for uh-huh. a year, and they're unbelievable. Yeah. It, it, honestly, battered sausages, I think, are underrated. I mean, obviously, if you're going to the chippy, uh, the, if it's rare that you can do better than a nice piece of fish. But there are occasions, or certainly there were for me back, back in the day, when it was still an option for me, um, when a battered sausage was, was absolutely the, uh, the order of the day. So yeah, big fan. Excellent. Uh, right then, Matt. Uh, you, the, the next 30 minutes <laughs> of the podcast, I shall hand over to you. Right, well, this Saturday was my leaving do sort of with my friends. So we get together once a month and usually play Warhammer, but because I'm leaving, we wanted to do something special. So we started the day, I met my brother at lunchtime and we went to York Market Food Court. I had some delicious popcorn chicken in sweet chili sauce. That was nice. Then we went axe throwing and... Axe throwing was okay. I wasn't as good as it as I remember. Um, but then <laughs> we went to Mindlock Escape Rooms, David. Oh, and, nice. And we did Valhalla. I can't remember exactly what it was called. It was a Viking-themed escape room. Five stars. Right. The hardest escape room that they do at Mindlock. It's infamously their uh-huh. most difficult one. And we broke the record for it for about eight minutes. Wow. Congrats. Um, To the point that the girl basically took our photo and I put it on my social media and copied them in it. And they haven't put it on their social media. So we we genuinely think they think we cheated. But we didn't. (laughs) So I was there with my brother and four friends. And we, we frequently play computer games online together. And yeah. I, I just think we've got sort of communication within the group down to a T. Yeah, you've, so, you've got that team synergy. Yeah, honestly, like we just split up, working in pairs, working in groups, mm. and we set the record. So you had an hour to do it, and we did it in 27 minutes, 11 seconds. That's impressive work. Yeah. I think yeah. they should give us half Good our stuff. money back. but from there david we went to a pub in york called pavement vaults and this might have been my meal of the fortnight because i had some delicious pineapple cider and it it was just beautiful it was absolutely perfect um and then everyone laughed at me because I said sometimes when I eat pineapple from the tin, I have a little drink of the syrup. Oh, you've got to. Yeah. I'm, you're the only person yeah. that's defended that. Everyone else called me like a weird really? type 2 diabetic freak. Um, 
No, it's 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 like it's a lovely little drink, you know. Yeah. It's, it's it's like in a little in a little metal cup for you and everything. Yeah, especially pineapple. I wouldn't do it with everything. I wouldn't do it with pear halves, but a lovely pineapple syrup. I I tell you, I tell you what what I what my favourite is um, is uh, tin mandarins. Oh really? Love me a bit of tin mandarin juice. Yeah, I mean it, it's sharp. If you don't have the palate for it, you'll be in trouble. But yeah. Before we move on, what are your thoughts on a fruit yeah. salad? Not a fan of the glacé cherries. No. Oh, we're Get them we're out on there. the same level this week. But anyway, from there, David, <laughs> we went to a little restaurant called Wine Stories. I've never been before. And right. the six of us made up about half of the restaurant. It's tiny. There's about four tables. Yeah. Um, so we sat down and it's kind of Greek cuisine, I believe. And me and my friend Jimbo got the sharing platter starter. Now. Awesome. Sorry, can we pause just for one second, Matt? I just want to double check on the dog. He's had a bad day at work. Right, I'm back. Right, so this sharing platter. I didn't share it with my friend Jimbo. Mm -hmm. I shared this with my brother. Uh, I shared the main with Jimbo. Right. So. For a second, I thought you were going to say you shared it with yourself. I wish. So you start, you've got like a lovely little bit of bruschetta. So it was this tough bread, tomato, feta cheese. It was okay. Not the best bit of the starter. Yeah. Then you had like deep fried zucchini chips. They were okay. Right, okay. Say again, sorry. Mm -hmm. I I just said, right, okay. They, They were okay. Not the best bit of the starter. Then... You yeah. had like pita bread and satsiki dip. That was okay. Again, not the best mm-hmm. bit. Then you're moving into the main event of the starter. There was like this like spiced prawn dish. That was quite nice. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the top two. I can't decide which bit I liked most. One was, it was called feta cheese on crust. So it was like baked into like a phyllo pastry. All right, okay. It was absolutely sensational. But I think the (coughs) best, and it wasn't even a main part of the starter, they just gave you this little pot of feta cheese to, like, put on your bread and whatever. But it was, like, spiced chili feta cheese. And I can't get over how great it was. Yeah. Was it sort of almost marinated? Yeah. Like, I, I can't describe the taste it definitely had like chili and lemon and it was multi-spiced it was amazing sounds good but that was just the start then you move on to the main (laughs) yeah which had the same cheese on it again same tzatziki dip same lemon and same pita bread but you had two lamb shanks uh, a chicken souvlaki Uh a pork souvlaki some sort of big burger thing. I think it was like a big flat kofta. Then you had a big chilli sausage and then you had a sausage with cheese baked in it. It was... (laughs) So it was... It was was basically the full meat gamut. 
David, I being don't, represented. I don't think I've ever been more sated by a meal. Like, <laughs> like I, I went, I stayed at my brother's house and slept on his sofa, which he says is uncomfortable and he claims he never sleeps well on it. It's the best night's sleep I've ever yeah. had because, honestly, all my energy just went to <laughs> digestion. All my other systems shut yeah. down. You just went into a full-on food coma. Yeah. But then earlier in the week, I went out with a friend and just ate 100 quid's worth of sushi. (laughs) Between... That's dedication. Between two of us. We just kept ordering, and then when the bill came, it was like, oh, it's 120 quid. That was a lot. Before we'd gone out, I offered to pay, because I was like, oh, I won't see you before I go, so I'll get this. Mercifully, she offered to uh-huh. go halves. That that seems reasonable under yeah. the circumstances. Oh man, what was what was your sushi highlight then? Was there any particular? Um, so I had barbecue pork out. donburi as my main, and then uh-huh. I had like a lovely pork bao bun, um, and I can't remember. We just got like a selection of different sushis. I remember the sashimi. Uh, tuna was lovely. Uh, I can't remember. Like, I just went to every section of the menu and ordered pretty much one thing <laughs> from everything. It was just a sushi blur. Yeah. 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 And then I went to Nando's yesterday. Awesome. I've eaten out nearly every day this week. It seems that way. I felt really bad. After I'd eaten all that meat in York, I've forgotten that, that I yeah. offered to take my goddaughter to Nando's. So I was just like, <laughs> yeah, all right, come on. So I apologise. I probably wasn't my best self on that day. Um, so the Nando's order doesn't even merit discussion. Uh, it's not, this, it's uh, not. Amazingly, context. that Nando's isn't even in like my top five meal of the fortnight. Astonishing. Like... Uh, it, for me, the situation I'm in at the moment, if I went to Nando's, uh, it would be the highlight of the month, almost without question. Uh, well, because I'm emptying my flat yeah. out, I've been staying at my mum and dad's, Yeah. but they've been on holiday all yeah. week. They went up to Scotland, but stupidly, they left right. a full fridge of food for me. So I've just been eating Marks and Spencer's uh. fish and chips and really decadent <laughs> pastas. <laughs> My dad was furious. He came home and there was just nothing. Somehow. Yeah. I'd even gone through the oat cakes. (laughs) To save me spending money on food, I was just eating like dry shredded wheat. (laughs) Just completely cleared them out. Honestly, like a plague of locusts. (laughs) Well, I just started pouring a beer there and I'm really just going to sound like I was doing a wee. When I've recorded this. <laughs> I mean, I, I assumed you were pouring a beer, but uh, yeah, to yeah. be honest, now that you've said that, it makes it makes me feel like you maybe protest too much, Matt. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I've just propped that laptop up on the sink, like I said. I'll, I'll, it's the only yeah. seat in the flat. <laughs> you might as well. Bit of multitasking. It's fair enough. We're only talking about Torchwood. It's not like it matters. Yeah. Do you want some listener tweets? Does, it doesn't... Doesn't. Oh, God. Yeah, all right then. We've only got two because I forgot to do it except for today. 
No, that's fine then. Um, in fact, we've got three. Do you want James, James, right. or Mark? Uh, let's let's have a, a Mark sandwich with James bread. Right. So first of all, we'll start with James Courtney. Say hello, David. Right. Hello, David. Uh, James Courtney says, "Are you more or less interested in series three of Torchwood as RTD is showrunner instead of Chibnall's?" I am in. I am more interested. Um, and RTD being showrunner is definitely a factor in that. That's not me Chibnall bashing, but I think whatever was happening with the first couple of series with Torchwood clearly wasn't working for us so having rtd take the reins it'll be different at least one would hope uh i'm going to send you a picture on how i feel about there being two series left of torchwood okie doke i was going to send you this earlier okay <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I I think I'm just going to leave that between us, Matt. Yeah. The listeners can fill in the blanks there if they yeah. want. <laughs> okay. I, I'll tell you what. That that could be a competition because I'm moving out of my flat and I've got so much Doctor Who stuff to yeah. get rid of. From the final three episodes of Series 2 of Torchwood, what moment do you think I've sent David? Just screen capture it and send it to us on Twitter. And yeah. if you get that right, I'll send you like 30 quid's worth of Doctor Who stuff I've acquired. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. I mean, the thing is, right, I'm not, I'm not as crazy about RTD as a writer as a lot of people seem to be. He is undoubtedly good, sometimes great, but he has his he has his pros and his cons, like the majority of writers. And but there are some ticks, there are some things that he does that really don't sit well with me. Uh, and and one of those is that there is a sort of deep rooted misanthropy to a lot of his work. I think he is someone who tends to be very pessimistic about the human race. Um, and he manages to tamp that down or counterbalance it reasonably well for the most part in Doctor Who. I worry in Torchwood he's going to be full pelt. Mm. And so I'm nervous about that, if I'm being honest. But... Uh, fair to say the scattershot approach of Chibnall in series one and two has not won me over so you know any change is welcome at this point right David as anyway, we've been that, talking yeah. we've just got a last minute tweet will you Ooh, allow it that's exciting I will allow it spice up the sandwich who uh, have we got okay it comes from Jake from our friends over at married to who do you want to say hello David Hello, David. Say, say hello to those guys. They've always supported us. <laughs> say a genuine hello. Hi, Jake. And me. Hi, it. Jake. Hi, whole Married to Who gang. You're great. Oh, 
No, no, that sounds really sarcastic. <laughs> That's the best I could do under the circumstances, Matt. Tell them that you it love was them. heartfelt. I love you guys. You know that. That's better. There we go. That's real sincere, David. That was from the heart. You meant that. Yeah. Right. Jake says, what's the country you've never been to, but you'd like to visit the most? Oh, I mean, certainly in terms of if it was just what's the country you've never been to, the answer is the overwhelming majority of them. The one that I would love to visit the most, if money was no object. My, mine's um, the USA, and I'd go visit the Married to Who crew and tell them to their face that we love them and we mean it. Yeah. I mean, I've been to the USA, so I can't say that, but genuinely I would love to go back to the USA because I wasn't really going as a tourist and I didn't get to see an awful lot of it. And I would really love to like hit up a couple of uh, the national parks See, I was meant to be um, going there on my honeymoon, and that's just kind of where that story starts and ends. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. This might sound a bit pathetic because it's not, it's not an insurmountable challenge to get there. It's really quite nearby. But I would love to go to the Republic of Ireland. Okay. You know. I've never, I've never been. Um, I obviously, I'm a huge fan of um, Neolithic ancient sites and monuments, and uh, the Republic of Ireland is chock full of them. And I also really like um, Celtic folk music, and I would love to see some really decent uh, live folk. Um, so, yeah, I think I would have a very good time. Just. Uh, splodging around in muddy fields looking at old stones and drinking nice beer um i'm not a very adventurous person am I, <laughs> no like part of me just went ah oh, the south of france i really liked it when i've been there but the question said where you've never yeah, been that's not the question um yeah. uh, maybe like northern spain because that's very close to south of mm. france isn't it um yeah the other one for me is Canada. Love to go to Canada. Really? Why? Yeah. Um, because of uh, like the gorgeous forests and lakes, and also it. I know it's a bit of a cliche, but it is like the USA, but nicer. Yeah. So yeah. There's there's nice forests and lakes anyway. where I'm going. That's true. They're just absolutely riddled with Has anyone with guessed bears. it right yet? No. Ah. No. Keep guessing, folks. Right. Mark Cockroom R says, what's the worst date you've ever been on? And then Harry from Who Can Convince You jumps in and says, careful how you answer this one, Matt. Just remember who paid. That's because when we went out for dinner... Harry waited till I went to the toilet yeah. and then snuck off and paid for my lunch. And he's hung it over me every day <laughs> since. Ah, uh, you see, that's sneaky. Like, if you do that, you've got to be magnanimous about it, haven't you? You can't, you can't do that and, and then, you know, claim superiority over oh, it. Oh, he can. He can. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh man, I don't. The thing is, I've never really dated as such. Um, I'm not really a date person. Um, what about you? I mean, you've done actual dating, right, Matt? Yeah. Like, I think I've talked intentionally about my meeting up with before on the pod. Um, oh, you might have. I'm trying to think if I've had another bad one. Uh, there was one where the girl was so boring, I had to pretend I went and got a tr train home. I was like, oh, I've got to leave or I'll miss the last train. <laughs> and then she saw me get in my car and drive off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brutal. Yeah. Yeah. She, um, she worked at Next, and all she wanted to talk about was getting the shop ready for the big Next Boxing Day sale. And I was like, all oh, right, right, great, yeah, yeah. Gotta go catch my train. Keys in the ignition, foot to the floor, let's get out of there. Um, have I ever. I, I'll tell you what. I, I wouldn't say this is my worst date. In some ways, it was a very significant uh, and awesome day um, for me. But certainly, it's not the kind of situation where you could say romance was in the air, necessarily. Uh, the first time I ever got to hang out with my partner in person. Uh, we'd, we'd been chatting online for a couple of years prior. Um, and she was, you know, she was in another relationship when we, when we started chatting, we were just friends and she'd sort of, that relationship had ended and, um, we'd agreed to meet up in London. She'd brought a friend with her, obviously, for, like, safety reasons, because, you know, just meeting a, a random person off the internet, even if you've spoken to them for a long time, you know, pretty sensible. Uh, but the the main purpose of our meeting in London that day was that so we could join an anti-war protest march. <laughs> this was around the time of the Iraq invasion. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, that was... but. Obviously, there was there's no one I would have preferred to have been uh, protesting an illegal war with, <laughs> and um, yeah, so I, I I I've got very vivid and interesting memories of that day, but as sort of quote unquote first dates go, <laughs> it's um, not an ideal one necessarily. Yeah, I think if I've had any like tragic ones. Um, I think I mentioned once before on the pod, my all-time worst date was where a girl I'd gone out with got ridiculously drunk, and mm -hmm. I wanted to walk her home because I was genuinely, like, concerned about her. Mm -hmm. Like, she would not yeah. have made it home, and she was all over the place. Yeah. But the whole time I walked her home, she was just like, you're not coming in, I know you just want to sleep with me, and I was like, that's not what this is. That's not what this is. <laughs> and then, basically, I'd walked maybe half an hour, 45 minutes with her screaming at me. Uh, then once yeah. she got in and shut the door behind her, I just walked that out half an hour, 45 minutes back in the rain, just going, well, tonight's been a washout, hasn't it, Matt? 
Yeah. So. Yeah, that, that one's not, not, not ideal. Wasn't great. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't envy anyone who is in the position of having to sort of date. No. Excuse me, these days. Because it's like, I don't know, the, the kind of, the fact that it's all done through apps and stuff now. It's like, I mean, I feel like I, I'm very fortunate that I've found someone that I'm very pleased to be spending my life with because the thought of trying to persuade someone via a profile on an app that I, I have any merit whatsoever is uh, terrifying well, fun, to me. Funnily enough, in the last couple of weeks, um, mm. I, I can't even remember if I mentioned it, but the the girl that I was seeing, we've gone our separate ways. Don't worry about that. That's fine. Yeah. We're still friends. Doesn't matter. Um, but one of the girls at work was like, oh, it's a shame you're moving to One of my friends has always quite liked you. So I was like, oh, well... You know, give her my mobile number. We can always meet up, you know, and we'll see. Might even be worth not moving away. Oh, did I just say where I'm moving to? Oh, you did. I'm gonna you beat, did. I'm gonna beat Cats out of the bag. I'm going to write that down. 47 minutes. <laughs> right. But, yeah, I was like, maybe, you know, something could happen. And it's just, it sounds horrible. It sounds heartless. Because she was lovely, it was nice, I had a good time. But I was just like, no, no, it's not going here. It's not, you know. <laughs> and I feel like I've just yeah. entirely judged someone's character. Like, within three it's or four minutes. It's an awful minutes. business, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Like I say, I kind of, I, 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 I managed to kind of, dodge the, the the whole dating game bullet by just uh just sort of glomming on to an internet rando when i was still basically a kid <laughs> and just uh not really giving up on that <laughs> right should we do the last question yeah james swift simply says what's been your best birthday Best ever. Yeah. Well, um, it could be your 50th if you want. <laughs> Not quite there yet, thankfully. Oh, I, I don't know. Um, The one that I always think of, the one that's always really stuck with me, because, like, I would generally find myself... Um, on summer holidays when it was my birthday you know so it was usually i was stuck having to do something with my family whether i liked it or not um and sometimes that worked in my favor sometimes not so much but the one that i particularly remember is we were somewhere in wales i can't remember exactly where but uh i found this leaflet on the in the caravan park that we were staying at for this um like dinosaur park where it was just you walk around and look at some fiberglass dinosaur statues that's all it was like life-size models um but i'd never seen anything like that before and i would have been like um you know maybe 26 27 years old. <laughs> i did the joke um yeah no i was i was about seven i think um 
and you know it's pretty great love those uh, dinosaurs got myself a little little model of a uh, diplodocus from the gift shop it was a good day what about you matt see linked to that i'm gonna go for my ninth birthday when my dad just came yeah. home and he was like oh i rented jurassic park on the way home and that was an absolute seminal moment in my life yeah that's a banger isn't it yeah either that either yeah. my ninth or my 18th when i lost my virginity that was pretty good <laughs> Well done, Matt. Yeah, both of those seminal Just, uh, moments in my life. <laughs> yeah, which uh, on on balance, which do you think was uh, had had the greater lasting impact? Uh, seeing Jurassic Park for the first time or losing your virginity? Uh, well, I know which one I do most frequently nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> Uh. <laughs> I know which one I do when I'm feeling a bit sad, a bit low. <laughs> yeah. It's a real pick-me-up. Yeah. 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 Uh, right. right. That, Shall we yeah, talk about Torchwood? Torchwood? Yeah. 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 Flipping heck. Right, okay, so we've got three episodes to get through. Um, right, here's a question, I'm David. going to... Okay. Three episodes. How many of them are good? Don't tell me which ones. How many are good episodes? I would say one. One of the three. I I legitimately say is like above a five out of ten. Like more good than bad. Yeah, I think I'm gonna marry you with that one. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm willing to bet it's the same one we're thinking of. I think it's likely. It'll be interesting to see if it if it's not. But yeah. um, so we'll do them in order. I'm going to suggest the first one. Is it Adrift? Yep. Is the first of the three. I think we need to rattle through that one fairly quickly. Good. Don't know about you, Matt. It's the one I've written least notes on because I just I just yeah. I I thought this episode was going in a certain direction, and when it didn't, yeah. I thought. In yeah. fact, I thought this could be a good episode. <coughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go out there yeah. and say this isn't the good episode, but I thought it was going to be, and then it took a massive mm. turn in the other direction. Yeah, yeah. They, I, I, I believe, as the Americans would say, they, they screwed the pooch on this one. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's give it a go. Right, so we're introduced to Jonah, who's a young boy mm. on a bridge. He's nine minutes late. He's got a little text from his mum. Uh, and walking over the bridge, it's really, really, really windy. And he disappears. Uh, then, seven months later, Gwen speaks to the police about this disappearance. And she questions policeman Andy. Who I can't remember if we've seen before, but he just becomes like a main character I, for the back end of this series. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we see him at least a couple of times fairly early in series one. I think because like he was maybe not an official like police partner, but certainly he was shown to be mates with Gwen. Yeah. Uh, so he missed her wedding yeah. and they have a little bit of banter. And when they watch the CCTV from the bridge, there's a little flash. 
And after the flash, Jack shows up. So Jack's somehow Ooh, involved dum, dum, dum. in Jonah's disappearance. Yeah. Uh, Gwen questions him. And he just says, oh, leave it alone. Don't worry about it. Uh, but ultimately, Gwen yeah. goes with Andy, the policeman, to go see Nikki, who is Jonah's mum. Uh, and she set up a meeting for families of missing people. Turns out there's quite a lot yeah. of missing people in Cardiff. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so, yeah, what I will say is, at this early stage, I, I was with you, Matt. I was thinking, that, oh, we're doing like a sort of fairly straight police procedural here, but with a bit of a Torchwood twist. I'm interested. I'll, you know, interested to see where this goes. Because, you know, I, I, I like... There's something comforting about your bog-standard police procedural formula, isn't there? Yeah. Tell you what isn't comforting. You know, there's a reason it's popular. Reese's constant rage. He's like, you've come home late, oh. I've got tea. I know what you yeah. do for a job, but I still don't fully understand you as a person. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gwen and Reese are both... Horrible in this story. Yeah. Like, just not good people. Well, after they have an argument, they just decide to settle it by having loads of sex. So, Tosh yeah. rings up and says, I've got news on Jonah. Can, can I... Yeah. Can, can I check, Matt? That whole trope of of the so-called, like, makeup sex thing. It's, you see it in a lot of TV shows and stuff. Does, is that anyone's actual lived experience? No. Because I know on the rare occasions that I have a major argument with my partner, the last thing that's going to be happen is that we have sex an hour later. No, I, I found that you usually resolve conflict with your partner through divorce. <laughs> uh, we're, really, we're really leaning into the divorce humour this week, aren't we? Oh, God, we are. I'm sorry, I Matt. just pray my ex-wife never listens to these. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. um, where am I up to? Yeah, there's negative rift energy. So as well as giving energy out, it can take people in. So Gwen goes to the missing Ooh. persons meeting. And at first yeah. they're like, oh, nobody's here. This is a washout. But then loads of people turn up. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll can, can I be honest with this with that scene? I thought at first I was like, okay, this is good. I'll see where they're going, but it just went on and on, and I, I was honestly like, there's too many extras. Yeah. It's it, it's gone. It went from being powerful to actually kind of silly. Yeah, it was <laughs> yeah. kind of funny when the there was like a jam-packed village hall. <laughs> yeah, and there was only like just one plate like... of sandwiches to feed everyone. <laughs> Yeah, it was a bit odd, the execution of that, but anyway. Right, so Gwen looks for negative rift spikes when people disappear, because she thinks they've been sucked into the rift. She presents this idea to Torchwood, but Jack dismisses it and says, stop searching. And Gwen and Reese go for a picnic where she just uh, shouts at him the whole time, says they shouldn't have kids, and he says he fucking hates her. (laughs) Yeah, again, just awful people. And the fact that we we saw them get married just I, I two believe episodes ago. He has said that to his wife. 
<laughs> a horrible thing to say. It's awful. Right. Uh, Jack yeah. and Ianto are going at it like hammer and tongs, and Jack tells Gwen uh-huh. to let it drop until she gets a GPS in the post, which directs. Can her. we? I look. I know. I know. I harp on about this, but for God's sake, this is a work environment. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like there, there, there really needs to be a little more like oversight to, Who, to the sort of who's the area just, manager who do we complain to about yeah jack? exactly who who does jack report to it's not made clear at any point is it no like does he just have to send an email once a month just being like uh yeah there were three aliens this month don't worry they're all dead now <laughs> yeah um. right so anyway, she gets a, a GPS in the post, which directs her to a little scrubland island. Uh, she goes yeah. on a fishing boat without Andy, which goes to a lighthouse. I was like, oh, we're going to see a TARDIS yeah. buried in the dirt. Are we going to see the fugitive doctor? And then I was like, oh, no, this was about yeah, 10 was, years before that. I was thinking, uh, uh, Chibnall must... I think he definitely has a thing for like coastal areas and lighthouses and stuff. Because I mean, I've not seen it, but like Broadchurch, I know. Yeah. He he was very inspired by his local area, and and it's all very much intentionally set in a seaside area with ragged cliffs and all of that. So I think it's just obviously a thing that he finds very inspiring personally. But yeah. Right. Uh... From the lighthouse, she sees Jack and a hooded figure. She goes to a bunker, yeah. but it turns out it's a hospital, <coughs> and Jack arrives. Uh, they visit yeah. Jonah's room. Now, this is where this episode could have gone from a potential 10 out of 10 down to, like, a 3 or a 2 out of 10. Okay? Yeah. So, we see there's clearly something wrong with Jonah, and we know he's been sucked into the rift and what have you. I think I thought this was going to be an origin story of the Weevils, like oh, if you've been sucked into the uh, rift, right? I was like, you get spat out yeah. and you're a horrible monster man. But no, it just turns out he's just a yeah. pig-faced, weird, burnt man. Yeah. Um, okay, so the first thing, the most important thing that I want to say, the thing that I keep have kept thinking about since I watched this episode, is. If, as we've discovered here, this is an operation that Jack is running and it is intended to care for these people that have been victims of the rift, could he not have afforded a fucking tin of paint? Ah, oh, it's like an something? absolute sewer. Like, it's the least hygienic yeah, it's, hospital it's I've like, ever seen. Now, in fact, yeah, David... It's, it's, it's like this disused building. Yeah, go on. Let me let me tell you a story from one of my leaving dues, okay? We went to yeah. a lady that I work <coughs> with uh, lives in the middle of the countryside and she lives next door to Prime Minister Rishi Sunak, okay? So Right, yeah. So okay. we we I was very 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 drunk. The most drunk I've been in quite some time. And as uh-huh. my friend and I were walking back to another friend's car to get a lift home, we spotted this massive house and I was like, that's like something from Scooby-Doo. That's terrifying. That's 
like I bet if you spend the night in that house, you get it. Like it's that sort of haunted house. Yeah. So as we walked past, I just tried the front door handle and it just opened. So me and my friend went ghost <laughs> hunting in this house. Um, uh-huh. And it was just like this sewer. It wasn't Rishi Sunak's house, don't worry. It was like this old farmhouse and it was massive. And we just let ourselves in. Definitely yeah. breaking an entry in against the law. But um, we like yeah. explored this big unused house. And it was exactly like this bunker hospital. Yeah, yeah, just like peeling paint and just exposed wiring. And uh, look, I'm sure the location scout found this, that weird little building on that little island and got very, very excited. But what it tells us narratively is that Captain Jack has a, a really messed up idea of what it, what care looks like. Mm. Um, which I guess shouldn't come as a surprise in terms of how his character has been over the course of these two series. But uh, yeah, it, it genuinely troubled me. You know, as someone who, who wants to buy into what they're watching, the thought that Captain Jack thought this operation was doing good uh, was, I find, troubling. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Right. So, so let's get to the shit ending and get it out of the way. Right. So Jonah's a big weird pig man. He tells his story and he yeah. turns out he's aged. Uh, Jack set this hospital up, but not all the people who are missing return. So Gwen goes to tell yeah. Jonah's mum. She tells her about Torchwood and takes her to see Jonah. And she freaks out at first. However, they hug it out. Yeah. And then Jonah screams as he enters the down phase. Even at this point, I was like, he's going to turn into a weevil. He just didn't. Yeah. So the down phase is just where you scream <laughs> for 20 hours. Uh, yeah. So... I... Can I... That whole idea is... First of all, I think it is... Disrespectful to genuine mental health patients. Yeah. Do you know what I mean by that? It's it's so cartoonish in its treatment of trauma as to be yeah, just downright offensive. Um yeah, and and, and that was the point at which any last vestige of hope I may have had for this episode winning me over was just killed stone dead. I was like, just come off it. No, no. I, you know, unsubscribe. <laughs> I want nothing more to do with this episode. But also, there's no level of care for these patients. <coughs> Straight away, it's no. just like, oh, he's shouting a bit. Should we just leave and shut the door? Yeah, it's just horrible. Like, not in a... Look, I, I appreciate that, like, we can tell horrible stories. Horrible stories have a place in our culture. But they've got to tell you something. They've got to carry some value beyond just being horrid. <laughs> and this doesn't. 
I think. It just seems to be just just miserable for the sake of misery. And that is something I really struggle to get on board with. So, a week later, Jonah's mum doesn't want to go see him again. She just disowns him and says she's actually lost hope. At least when she didn't know what was going on, she had hope. Gwen goes home and makes friends with Reese again. The end. Yeah. Terrible episode. Yeah. By by the end of it, it's just like, like I say, it, the, the police procedural part of it, I was like, okay, yeah, this could be interesting. But by the end of it, no. Just one of the worst we've seen. And we've seen some stinkers this series. <laughs> See, I yeah. I watched this episode earlier in the week. Because I was like, three episodes, I've got to get them bashed out before the weekend. You, can't, you can't do them back to back. No, That's but that, that episode <laughs> yeah. was so bad. I thought, I'll watch one on Monday, one on Tuesday, one on Wednesday. It put me off, and yeah. I watched the other two this morning, because I was like, I can't do <laughs> yeah. it unless I have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't blame you. Right, should we move on to the second episode? Let's do it. Right, this is... So the second episode is... Yeah. So this is from uh, the 21st okay. Cards of the... March. In fact, we didn't say all these episodes are written by Chris Chibnall. They are. It's the first a, episode it's a Chibnall trilogy. Was directed by Mark Everest. This one by Jonathan Fox Bassett. Right. Excellent. Um, okay, so cards on the table, Matt. This is the good one. Yeah, yeah. Of the three, this is the good one. Yeah. But what I will also say, my, I do still have a big criticism, which is that as good as it is, it is also the epitome of too little, too late. Yeah. This episode should have been episode five of season one. 100%. Not, not episode 12 of season two. Oh, I must apologise. If anyone's so... listening... My hay yeah. fever's really playing up, yeah. so if I'm really sniffly this episode, yeah. I'm sorry. No worries. But yeah, it, it for it to be the penultimate episode of season two, and as we later find out, the penultimate episode for two of the characters featured in it is absurd. Yeah. <laughs> like, why, why um, didn't they make us care about these characters sooner? What have I watched here? Yeah, it, it I've watched nearly literally... 25 episodes of this and I don't care about the characters. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 wild as, as a choice that it's that it, it literally feels like an afterthought. Like it it it's essentially reduced to a filler episode to basically give us an opportunity to see these characters like uh you you've watched firefly right yep uh you know the ep oh gosh which one is it? is it out of gas it's a it's long the one time where it has it. yeah i think i'm right in saying it's out of gas is the one where it's got uh it's got a storyline happening in the present where there's been like a major engine malfunction and the the ship's abandoned it's just mal trying to to fix it with oxygen rapidly depleting and threaded through it is flashbacks of 
um, you know, various members of the crew joining uh, Serenity, and you know, all the, it's 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 a masterful piece of television. Uh, this feels like it's attempting to do that. The main difference being with with Out of Gas, I think it's it comes midway through the first season. We've had long enough to grow to have an interest in these characters, and now we're getting a little glimpse into their past that enriches them further. Um, but yeah, that's that's not quite how it goes. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway. Like I say, I don't want to harp on it too much because actually this is the good one. So let's yeah. say some nice things about it. So just for an update, uh, my knees started to hurt. So I've gone full lie down on the floor now recording. <laughs> I worry this, this recording is going to break you, Matt. No, it's fine. It's fine. I'm comfy. Right. Fragments. <laughs> okay. Uh, Torchwood yes. arrive at an alien site. And as they investigate, we find out there's one creature at each end of the building. However, yeah. considering their Earth's line of defence, their technology is so shoddy, they don't realise it's not aliens, it's just bombs. So they all get blown yeah. up. Oh, they might be... They're clever space bombs, though. Mm. So, you know. So everyone yeah. blows up, except Gwen. Yeah. When when are they going to redirect the focus away from Gwen? Because she is the worst character. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's a bold choice, isn't it, to to make what your lead so unlikable? Yeah, but uh, I, I just don't get. Oh well. Right. However, uh, in amongst all the rubble, Jack awakens. And pulls a smashed wine bottle from his gut in a flashback. This isn't Jack in the present. Uh, yeah. Two women approach. Uh, they beat and gag him, then electrocute him, then shoot him. Yeah. When he wakes up... It's just, you know, it, it's how people used to greet each other back in the day. <laughs> so, yeah. when he wakes up... He, they say they've been watching him and he's died 14 times in six months. And they ask him about the Doctor. And it always really jars yeah. me when they mention the Doctor in Torchwood. Because... Yeah. Like, this is so far I removed just from want... Doctor Who. Yeah, I almost just want it to be a fully separate universe at this point. Mm. <coughs> um, so, he explains that he came to Cardiff hoping to bump in to the Doctor because of the rift energy and they ask him again yeah. about the Doctor. Uh, outside, yeah. Jack bites and beats up a fishman, the one that we saw earlier in this series. And to settle the is argument... Is it the same one or is it... Well, it's the same species. It... It's just the same... Yeah. It might be the same guy. Sorry. I don't want to be, like, racially insensitive to fish people. I'm not saying they all look the same, okay? I'm sure they've <laughs> no, got a no, rich and diverse culture. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, whilst he's fighting it, Torchwood just turn up and shoot him. Uh, when Jack attempts to leave, they blackmail him and say that he's a threat to the Empire, so they will hunt him. Yeah. So, how did you feel about this sort of first flashback? Um, 
Um, I, I personally, I loved it. I I love any time that Torchwood manages to squeeze in a little bit of a historical bit. Yeah, um, like so. I was, I Jack's timeline just makes no sense to me though. No, it doesn't at all. But I've stopped caring about that at this point. I'm just like, if you if you give me some alien hijinks in period costume, I'm 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 good. So. I, I was a little disappointed initially that we weren't getting a whole episode of that, and it, it and it is essentially just a little vignette. Yeah. Right. Uh, then a girl offers to read Jack's cards and says, "The one you're looking for is coming." Now, is that the tarot reading girl from? Is it the first episode of this series? First or second? Yeah. Early on I think in the series. So. Yeah, the one that's with yeah. John Thingy. Yeah, yeah, because it would be pretty odd to have two creepy tarot reading girls in the same series, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, but still, we're not really given an explanation for her as a character at all. No, no, oh, she's just sort of there. <coughs> um, so yeah. Jack serves Torchwood for one hundred years. I think, essentially, just hanging around waiting for the Doctor. Um, however, mm. when he returns to Torchwood HQ, um, all the agents are dead and they're killed by Alex. Uh, I thought Alex was going to play a bigger yeah. role in this episode, but he ultimately says he shot everyone because it was a mercy killing, something bad's coming, then he shoots himself. Yeah. And then, it's, in the present, Gwen and Owen I don't know. Jack from the book. Yeah. I, I, was, I was a little distracted by that scene. Um, with all, you know, there was all that melodrama going on, but I just kept thinking about the fact that whilst all this was happening over in San Francisco, you know, the Doctor had recently regenerated yeah. and was... Uh, going about having his uh, American adventure over on Fox TV. It, yeah. Real hoot. That's like, forever that is my mate, that is the most resonant thing for me about New Year's Eve 1999. Not the actual event, which was a fairly boring party around my uncle's house. Yeah. Um, no, I was, I, it, I, I have much stronger associations with the uh, with the TV movie that day. Anyway, um, so then we go back five years to see Tosh hacking security systems and stealing a dossier. Uh, she's built something yeah. in exchange for her mother's health. Um, I can't even read what I've written here. Yeah, so her mother's being held hostage by some nefarious. Yeah. Just ne'er do well. I can't read what that says. I've written something almost fries her mum. But unit arrive. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, I can I have a little grumble about this next section? Yeah. You, you read out what it what you've got for it, and then I'll I'll have a grumble. Ah, it says machine. Her machine almost freed fries her mum. Ah. But unit arrive yeah. and put Tosh in a cell. Uh, Jack yeah. arrives 
It turns out that they were doctored plans and the machine should have failed, but Tosh is so clever she fixed it as she built it. So, I I do not like the implied nature of unit in this bit. You know, the fact that they just dump her in a cell, strip her of all her rights, and hold her without charge, seemingly for quite a long time, to the point that her spirit is completely broken. When... It's pretty clear from from the outset that she was being used whilst and her mother was being held hostage. Like even a cursory bit of digging from from a decent unit team ought to have figured that out. And she would have, you know, corroborated that. Did they not question her at all? Did they not also have what what unit is an organization somehow so incurious about her scientific knowledge that they didn't think she might have some value to them as an organization so jack can swoop in and poach with impunity do you know what i mean i may be overthinking this but again it almost torch would become such an awkward fit for my you know the version of the doctor who universe that i love which occurs in doctor who (laughs) Um, look, because I'm not saying units perfect. Unit are militaristic and officious, and can sometimes be a bit shoot first, ask questions later. Sure, but the idea that that they just went full Guantanamo on Tosh seems like a stretch to me. Plus, what was the earliest unit that we'd seen in New Who? Uh, in you who um, when did they it first would... show up? <clears throat> I'm trying to think. Certainly, the Sontaran stratagem comes to mind. That was the first time they were certainly prominently featured. I think they might have popped up a little bit prior, but I can't think off the top of my head. Right. Certainly, by the time you get to Sontaran stratagem, Martha's working for them. Yeah. So. At that point in New Who, they weren't locking people up and throwing away the key. No, I mean we 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 know that this is this was done after that because Martha's turned up in this series ah, as yeah. a unit employee. Ah, yeah. So, so it turns out Martha's got like a horrible impact when she goes to unit. Well, apparently, I don't know. It just it doesn't it doesn't quite jibe. With my conception of unit as a uh, as an organisation. Anyway, rant over. Right. Sorry, I'm making us go very long here. But... So Tosh offer is offered her freedom if she works for Jack. Uh, Reese and Gwen yeah. try and free her, and Reese begins to question if all these bad things could have happened to Gwen. Yeah. We then see Ianto fighting a weevil. Uh, Jack arrives to uh, help, yeah. but Ianto knows all about weevils. This is Ianto's flashback. It is, yeah. Um, I would say the least necessary, yeah, of of all the flashbacks in this, because we all we out of all of them, bizarrely, we already had the most background information on Ianto and why he joined Torchwood. Yeah, there was a whole episode on it. 
Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, he brings Jack a coffee and asks for a job. Turns out he worked for Torchwood in London. He's not over Canary Wharf and, you know, his girlfriend. Uh, and ultimately, he interrupts a Torchwood mission where they're hunting that pterodactyl. And yeah. the CGI, where the t- pterodactyl picks up Jack and flies around, is yeah. really bad. Yeah. But then I was like, it's, it, it, it's that bad in Power of the Doctor, where they're flying around Carvanista at the beginning. So maybe Torchwood gets a break uh, there. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. They weren't making it under pandemic conditions, though. So. Right, so Jack and Iando hunt the pterodactyl, knock it out, and ultimately Jack offers him a job. Mm. Uh, and then this is probably the best bit. I know we always go on about how Owen's the best character, uh, but this is the best bit yeah. of the best episode. Um, yeah. Gwen is digging through the rubble looking for Owen, and in his flashback, he's planning his wedding. Uh He's marrying yeah. a girl who can't even make a cup of tea. And, and at first I was like, oh, what a wally. Uh, but it turns out she's got profound memory impairment and she's the youngest Alzheimer's patient ever. So I felt pretty guilty after that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rightly so. Until they find out it's not deterioration of her brain. It's actually a massive tumour. So she's called yeah. in for an operation to remove it. And when she's in surgery, Jack arrives and all the doctors are dead. Because it turns out it's an alien in her brain. Oh no. Again, talking about choppy CGI, the old alien (laughs) brain didn't win me over. No, but I mean, what carries this? As is the case with so much of the best of Torchwood we've seen... It's Bern Gorman's performance. My God. Like, I think... I don't think he's, like, some incredible Oscar-level talent. Um, but, you know, he's he's really bloody good. And when you pit him against a main cast of otherwise... I'm going to say pretty substandard actors. Mm. He just, like, shines like a beacon, you know... He's he he just he, he is outclassing everyone else on this show and has done pretty consistently throughout. Um, so yeah, this this the everything about this vignette really lands because of his performance. So Jack ultimately knocks Owen out so that he can steal his fiance's brain. Uh. Owen has an absolute meltdown due to the cover-up. And finally, when he goes to visit his fiancée's grave, sees Jack at the cemetery. And rightly so, he just punches him clean out. Yeah. And (laughs) Did you rewind that and watch it three times? (laughs) Uh, I wish it was me. Yeah. But Jack then offers Owen a job as medic at Torchwood. Yeah. Uh, Gwen attempts to free Owen as a big glass pane hangs over him. And ultimately, him and Tosh get free. Um, Yeah. The car, the torch 
Woodmobile or whatever it's called is missing. Yeah. As Jack's old boyfriend John appears via hologram. But it's not just yeah. John Hart. He's got Greg, Jack's brother that we all forgot we supposed dun. to care about. Yeah, they've mentioned it like once or twice, maybe. But like this whole like series arc has um, very similar to se- season one. It, it feels like an afterthought. Like, oh, I guess we should have at least something bookending the series to give it the illusion of an arc. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then um, he it, just was, says, it was the, the least the surprising. Time. Yeah. Least surprising coder imaginable. Um, but overall, pretty solid episode, you know. Yeah, best of a bad bunch. Too little too late, but but yeah, not, you know, a good idea, well executed. Uh, terrible missed opportunity not to kill off the Anto, you know. It was the perfect time to do it. If, but, if you were writing that episode, David, I mean, we've already alluded yeah. to Tosh and Owen die. If you had to kill off yeah. two members of the Torchwood team, who would it be? I'd be Yanto and Gwen, obviously. Uh, the correct, correct I mean, answer is Gwen twice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my word. And then but, you just oh, want well. lots of harm to come to Yanto. Like lose a leg or something. <laughs> In fact, oh, no, punch him no, in the voice want... box. That... So he has to use one of those electric <laughs> ones because his voice would be less mumbly with it. <laughs> if he was just like, Jack, there is a mission. It, it's more yeah, that, interesting than his actual voice. That, that could be an improvement for sure. Okay, right. We have got a series finale to get through. We don't want to talk about it, but we're going to, listeners. For you. Take it away, Matt. Have you ever seen a series finale of any show with less drama? I just didn't give a shit at uh, yes. all throughout this episode. I, I'd say yes, I have. And it's specifically the series finale of Torchwood Season 1. Yeah. I think this is slightly better than that. No, oh no, oh, that's uh, being mean. It is. <coughs> um, by some reasonable measure, a better episode than the, the series finale of uh, Season 1 of Torchwood. However, it's still not good television. Right. Imagine. And I still imagine do not enjoy watching you, it. You are chief broadcasting editor at the BBC. And I say, yeah. David, I've got two television shows I want to commission. One is yeah. a man fighting a monster's shadow. And one <laughs> yeah. one is just people putting each other in boxes. Um, which one are you going to commission? One is called Torchwood Series I might... 1. One is called Torchwood Series 2. <laughs> I've commissioned I've commissioned the boxes one purely because, you know, maybe it's some sort of conjuring thing. That sounds fun. No, no. They don't get enough You just go in a box for a hundred <laughs> years. <coughs> oh yeah, we'll get to that. Right, right, come on. Let's let's get through this so, because I'm losing my voice here. 
This is Exit Wounds. This is episode 13 of series 2 from the 4th of April 2008. Written by Chris Chibi Chibbers and directed by Ashley Way. So after a flashback to last week's episode, we see Rift Flares. And Gwen's police friend Andy calls. Torchwood need to split up to investigate everything that's happening. Jack yeah. goes to meet John Hart at Torchwood HQ. And John says, oh, I love you, Jack. Then he absolutely eviscerates him with submachine guns. I'd love to have a go on them. Yeah. If we went to a shooting range yeah. and they said, oh, you can print out any celebrity for you to have as your target, who would it be, David? <laughs> and why is it John Barrowman? Do you think... <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's... It, it... Sounds like it might be Barrowman at this point. Okay. Uh, Gwen goes to police HQ with Reese and Andy, and there's Weevils attacking senior officers. Uh, yeah. Ianto and Tosh see ghosts at a server hub, except they're not ghosts, they're just normal men because they shoot them dead. And whilst all this is going on, Owen hunts a hoiks. Have we seen a hoiks before? <laughs> We have. Shall I tell you where? Um, do you remember the Scooby-Doo bit in uh, Love and Monsters? Yes! Where I there's knew that... we'd seen it somewhere. Yeah. Because I'm certain... That's, that's where the, the hoik comes from. As soon as they said hoik, I remember us doing the A to Z last year, talking about a hoik yeah. and laughing and not having any recollection of what it actually was. Yeah, it's it's the most generic Yoo-Hoo alien imaginable. I mean, nice for it to make a comeback, I guess. Yeah. Right, so Jack wakes up and he's chained to the wall. And John Hart says, I hope you can stop me. So he takes him up to the top of a castle where John speaks to the Torchwood team. He says, everyone... Get up to the highest point you can. Get up on the roof. And then he just blows up most of Cardiff. Yeah, you know. So, Jack and... It's, it's pretty... So far, I, I at this stage, I was thinking... He's essentially just an, a sort of Argos version of uh, the Master. Yeah... That's he, kind he's of the, the master vibe I was to getting. Jack's doctor, isn't he? Yeah. You know, like the master is just the doctor, but bad, and he is just Jack, but bad. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit, it's a bit lazy, but you know they do do something slightly different with it. Whether or not that pays off ultimately, we can discuss. Right. In due course. Jack and John disappear whilst Torchwood agree to fix the city. Jack and John are in 27 AD, still in Cardiff. John explains he's a walking yeah. bomb, and if he doesn't do as he's been instructed, the bomb that's <coughs> like welded to his skin will explode. Ooh. And this is where Grey appears. Yep. So he approaches, hugs Jack, and then stabs him with a comically big knife. <laughs> well then yeah so 
this is where I think this episode really starts to flounder. Mm. Because it wants to do a big dramatic twist, which, you know, on paper, this is. I think it is rather let down by the fact that they cast someone with absolutely zero personality for Grey. Um, I mean, in, in some ways, you know, fits the character name at least. Um, and also gives them the sort of weakest motivation imaginable for being absurdly evil. Like, given the the moustache-twisting, just loopiness of this plan, I feel like you need someone who doesn't just feel like this is literally their first acting gig. Right. Uh, what which I is kind of what I felt with Greg. When I watched this, was if you took yeah. John Sims, the master, or yeah. you took Missy, what they did yeah. was establish them as the bad guy, as evil, then said, oh, by the way, it's the master. Here... They went, oh, look, yeah. it's John's brother. Oh, by the way, he's evil. And they just did it the wrong way round. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It wasn't established it would have been so at much... all other than, oh, it's Jack's brother. By the way, he's a wrong and he's bad, isn't he? What they should have done is established yeah. it. Like, think of Missy and all the bad things she did. And then they went, oh, it's the master. And yeah. it's so backwards you're, in the way they've done it. You're up. Yeah, you've nail on the head there, Matt. Nail on the head. Right. Um, so, Gwen organises the police. Ianto and Tosh want to go stop a nuclear meltdown. Grey wants Jack to yeah. suffer for abandoning him and buries Jack alive. And as he does, John throws a ring onto him. Ray then goes to the top. Can, can I box. just say, as well, like the whole Gray's motivation for this, like the whole you got to be really careful when a a villain's sole motivation is just revenge. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because I feel like revenge is something that most people can be talked out of given space and time. Yeah, it's not if if someone is a power hungry sociopath uh, and they're able to do some nasty stuff, you're in trouble because there is no reasoning with them. They're a power hungry sociopath and their 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 lust for power is far more important to them than appearing to be a decent person or you know, any other sort of personal relationships they may have or anything. But we don't... Grey, it, it, it's coming from, you know, just a place of resentment, but still, we, we're meant to think there's some kind of familial bond. Like, he must... It's, it's, it's rare, I think, that anyone would resent their sibling so much that they're willing to go to these kinds of lengths and go on this sort of, like, insane, murderous plan. Do you know what I mean? Mm. 
it's uh, so it, it just kind of didn't ring true to me it just seemed like the kind of thing where they just he'd see his brother and 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 a little bit of his confidence should have been lost at that point and then if you know you get to the point that they can just sit down together and have a cup of tea and have a big cry and you know they'd get past it <laughs> and we're not given any reason to think that they wouldn't be able to have that kind of human response um anyway i'm i'm sort of rambling here but you, you get what i mean right yeah um where are we at so gray goes into the torchwood vault where gwen arrives to confront john uh john explains yeah. that gray is behind all the bombings and orders tosh to scan for the ring saying doing so will find jack yeah uh Whilst this is happening, Grey releases weevils across Cardiff. No idea how he's got control of them. Just does. Yeah. God, they really do like to get their, their money's worth out of those weevil costumes, don't they? Yeah, but that's why I thought they were going to be explained two episodes ago. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Ianto and Tosh shoot uh, to free John and Gwen. Uh, Grey traps them all in the Torchwood like holding cells and then shoots Tosh to help her, sorry, to stop her preventing the nuclear meltdown. Yeah. Then we hear a knock at the door. Mm. It's postcode lottery. Except <laughs> it's not, it's Jack. So he's yeah. been locked in a morgue when old Torchwood dug him up and he asked them to freeze him for 107 years. Yeah. So. Okay. So. Um, so far, so Moffat, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, it's fine. I don't have any issues with it on a sort of time travel basis or anything like that. What I do have issues with, even though Jack is immortal, he still you know, has emotions, probably too many in some ways. Um, I find it very hard to believe that he would have found being buried alive for the best part of a thousand, no, nearly 2,000 years, um, that he would have found that to be just, you know, a pleasant, calming experience. Also... So when he does eventually... He wake up in that morgue. Should he not have completely lost his marbles, right? I'd have thought like, so. Like, how on earth do you, how on earth do you hold on to your mental faculties? Because he's, it's not like he's been he was cryogenically frozen the moment they buried him in that hole. No, no, no. He was alive the whole time. Um, and. Yeah, that's that's just the very epitome of an endless waking nightmare. <laughs> and going back to but my he earlier pop, point, pops out and he's just yeah. Sorry, go on about his timeline being a mess. I make it now three yeah. jacks on planet Earth at this point. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. So that's not even worried about. There's that. the jack from the Doctor dances. Yeah, but then he got sent back in time. And 
yeah. took on the name of Jack Harkness or whatever at that point. I think we yeah. Yeah. we definitely established there were two Jacks on Earth at the point of the Doctor dances. Now there's a third we one did. buried beneath Cardiff. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's fine. It's it, it, that's whatever. That's time travel. I'm not, I'm not going to quibble with that too much. But yeah, what what I will quibble with is the fact that he pops out of that um, chamber and he's just usual quippy Captain Jack here to save the day. He should be clinically insane. He he has no his idea brain should that be any broken. of his friends are still alive. <laughs> yeah. It's it's wild to me. Yeah. I, I and it really does feel like Chris Chibnall trying to pull him off it and not quite thinking it through. So Grey refuses to forgive Jack, so Jack knocks him out. Tosh sends yeah. power to the nuclear power, except there's no way to halt a meltdown unless Owen vents the fuel. Uh mm. Jack thanks John for the ring and there's a power surge at the nuclear reactor that locks Owen in. So ultimately, Owen thanks Tosh and kind of says goodbye. Tosh would arrive and do a terrible job in saving Tosh's life. Like Gwen just oh, injects yeah, her with something no. and she dies immediately. So I assume it was, I assume it was poison or mouthwash or I don't know <laughs> gin or something. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Jack then locks Gray away in the Torchwood Vault. He says, "You know, I've searched so long for him, and now I can't have him." Uh, yeah. John apologizes to Jack and leaves, whilst Torchwood close Owen and Tosh's file. Uh, Tosh has a little message for when she dies, a little, uh, little, you know, farewell. And then I just want yep. to raise this, David, because Captain Jack says something as if it's like everyday parlance, a common phrase, and everyone sort of nods and <laughs> okay. smiles and goes, yeah. So he goes, guys, the end is where we start from. And they all smile and go, yeah. Come on, back to work. <laughs> yeah. No, it that's a weird thing to say. Yeah. For sure. I didn't Borderline like meaningless. No. Um but uh, what I do like two is bad finale series in a row. two of Torchwood. Oh my god. It feels good, doesn't it, Matt? And no more Torchwood for the rest of the year. Oh, I'm so excited. It's it's all Doctor Who and Sarah Jane adventures and just general hijinks and frivolity from this point on until yeah. well into the new year. Well, I'm glad um, you say that, David, because I put out on Twitter yeah. what our schedule's going to be for the next few weeks because obviously the big move is on the horizon. Yeah. So I've got... This week, obviously, is this episode. In two weeks' yeah. time... We're going to do something a little bit different, aren't we? We're finally going to we do are. our we Denise are. Summerfield episode. <laughs> yeah, looking forward to that. And then the episode after do we, do that... Do you want to tell the listeners... Sorry, you might need to edit this. Do you want to tell the listeners what we're actually doing there, or are we just going to leave it at that? Ah, we'll just leave it at that. 
being a surprise. Okay. Then the episode after that, it kind of depends on what my internet access situation is when I've moved. So it yeah. might be a yeah. big Finnish story or something. Yeah, we will have to play it by ear. If all goes well, the next Doctor Who thing that we should be discussing is uh, the War Games. Mm. We're on. We're we we between series, and when we're between series, we like to uh, slip in a bit of uh, classic Who, and uh, you know, going sequentially through Doctors. And uh, I think someone chipped in sufficient to request the war games didn't they yeah uh, i think it was james courtney off the top quiz. of my head right well we'll we'll confirm that close to the time but certainly the war games is high on the agenda to uh to get to when we are in a position to do so but we will as i say have to play it by ear a little bit for that um but yeah so Bernie Suff Summerfield next time mm -hmm. looking forward to that good to finally get stuck into it but until then uh, as always thanks ever so much for listening until next time cheerio the end David is where we start from what does that even mean I don't know that was that was going to be my sign off for the week but yeah no I, I, you, you can you can edit it there but anyway that's fine <laughs>